When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Creators Outlet right here on the Creators Outlet podcast channel on YouTube. Uh, this will be available any place that you can download or listen to a podcast later on this evening, Thanksgiving evening, in case you get really bored and all you smell is turkey and all you want to do is drink beer. Uh, oh, that was me. Never mind. Uh, let's welcome some friends to the chat as well as our special guest this evening, Odasco. What's up, dude? How much? How's it going, Will? We have the infamous uh, man himself, Mo Biggs, is here. Oh, yeah, it's my favorite. Tugs Web Guy, Ray. My other Mike favorite. is here. <laughs> and, we're, and we're bowing. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Good to see you guys. Always good to see Mo and Ray. Good people. Some of the best, I would say. Oh, yeah. I'm not just saying that because they're here. Like... <laughs> I, really I will say do. other stuff when they leave. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's start with uh, like the Cliff Notes uh, bi- bio of you. Of moi? Of me? Of you, yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's see. Where do we begin? I was born a poor black child. Um, never had any rhythm. <laughs> oh, wait, that's the jerk. Sorry. Um, okay. No, no, I was a, I'm a Coloradan. I'm a father, uh, former musician. I do structural design engineer package for packaging, which is a uh, glorified origami. <laughs> and uh, I love making this comic book that I've been making. And uh, I'm a big fan of um, horror in general, but especially like what I call fun horror which is kind of mm-hmm. camp and kind of um, tongue-in-cheek and funny horror comedies a lot. And then a lot of the older comics that were in that vein. Um, so that's the kind of thing. And people said, hey, make a comic book that uh, you would want to read, and that's what I'm doing. So. Cool. Now, is this the first book that you've done yourself? It is. I mean, I've made... Uh, it's the first one that'll be published. We'll put it that way. I mean, oh, okay. Been, yeah. I've been making comics since I was a little kid, like stapling papers together and stuff like that but yeah this will be the first published comic i've ever made and, oh i i have some of those old school oh yeah in indie guy uh you know xerox runoffs with the staples yeah. and the cuts and everything absolutely yeah 
And a lot of that artwork, uh, you know, it's just mimeographed, but I mean, they were both, you know, kind of like suspense horror books. And yeah, the artwork was good. The lettering, not so much. Yeah. And when you photocopy stuff over and over again on the same printer, it's, it's yeah, it starts to run a little bit, but they were only like, you know, like 12 pages. So like, you know, six pages cut in half. So, right, right. Yeah, was, no, it, it reminds cool me like the, the old school band days when I was like getting all this like underground thrash and death metal and uh, people were, it was like cassettes and people were like photocopying their little cassette liner, you know, just a little piece of paper with the songs on it and a little mm -hmm. drawing. And usually the drawings were like just that gory, like black and white um yeah, just kind of artwork that looked like they got their buddy who could draw semi-okay to like, hey, just make like a gory album cover. And uh, yeah. And then like the old zines and stuff like that where they were just kind of like pamphlets, you know, like just trying to promote bands. And yeah, I love that old stuff. Oh, yeah. I worked with a lot of bands, so I was always, you know, getting their flyers and going around to the club the week before to hang them up. Oh yeah, you know, two or three days in a row, and yeah, that's a whole kind of hustle. That I mean, I don't miss it because I didn't like talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, like, there's a part of me that misses it because nowadays everything is like this. It's online. It's uh, mm -hmm. uh, streaming or something like that. And it's and there is an element of like just meeting the streets and hoofing it, you know, and hustling that way that I kind of miss, you know. So I think now that uh, cons have opened back up, you know, it's been about a year of them being opened back up, depending some of them even longer, but uh, get back to that kind of like in-person kind of feel, which I've never done. So I'm excited to do that here soon. So you got to start doing cons with this book starting next year. Yeah, we're hoping so. Um, so James rock who, uh, made magnificent bastards and he founded broken compass comics my partner in the in this whole thing he uh he lives in canada so we're trying to coordinate how we're going to do cons because i'm in pacific northwest he's in toronto and it's like which ones can we do feasibly um and afford all that kind of stuff so try to map it out for next year when when we have actual copies in hand so yeah figure out who could sneak over what border where yeah well, I mean, definitely if he's in Canada, I'll, I'll let him do the Canada stuff. Uh, I got to look into it again, but I have a little bit of issue getting into Canada. So <laughs> kind oh, of a sordid I, past, what is the... I, I, I feel your pain. Yeah, it happens. It's like you were arrested once when you were 16. Yeah, they I don't was care. 16 and drunk. <laughs> you can't come in here. Oh, good. Well, if that's all they had against me, then I'd be like, <laughs> might have been a little bit more they're like and this and this and this and this and this. yeah they're like yeah but it was all pre-20 we'll just put it that way yeah so who has influenced you the most like on the indie scene on the indie scene let's see um well i guess probably the easiest answer for me would be to say brian polito just because I think he uh, really 
started a lot of it in a lot of ways and kind of showed a pathway of how to like uh, create an independent book, find your audience and uh, keep them. So when I was younger, I got uh, an issue of Evil Ernie because back then it was called Chaos Comics. Mm -hmm. I think it goes by Coffin Comics, but um, yeah. it was Chaos Comics back then. It happened to get into my local comic book shop. But when I saw that as like a young metalhead, <laughs> like I said, those album covers and everything, I saw Evil Ernie and I went, this is the comic I've been waiting for. You know, he had that big smiley face and he's like a zombie looking dude with long hair, leather jacket. And so I just ate that up and then Lady Death came out and I was about 14. So seeing all that giant TNA was just what the doctor ordered as well. So, but it was a big eye opener. It was kind of around the image time. So image and everything was a big eye opener too, because all of a sudden there was like, oh, there's more than just Spider-Man and Batman and Hulk and Superman. You know, it was like, there, there's people making their own shit. So, yeah. <laughs> but he was like right at the forefront of that. Cause I saw the comic. I went, this is pure independent. And somehow I stumbled on it and I love it. So uh, Mo says Canada's law is on. Dudes doing each other in public have become incredibly lax. You may want to apply for a pardon. <laughs> have and, they now? How do you know this, Mo? Shipper, and Shipbird Militia said hail. What's up, Shipbird Militia? Good to see you as well. Tank Ferret. Tank Ferret. The sagacious Skellywag. Good to see you. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was like, oh, how do I say that? <laughs> I'm like... Well, I usually uh, co-host on 80s Made Consumers channel, and he he stumbles through so many chats. Oh, yeah. So watching him try to say sagacious scallywags, is, that's a good one. Well, I don't know. He's he's doing the coffee route now, so. Well, that's true, but I don't know that that helps his reading ability. <laughs> no, no, probably not. Probably not. He just won't pull up the same chat 20 times in a row. That's okay. It just means my logo comes up more times. There you go. <laughs> uh, we already said hi to Will. Stop. Stop. We know he's here. <laughs> let's let, let's push on with this. Um, were you into comic? You were into comics, you know, in your younger years because you said you used to draw your own, staple them together, and everything. Yeah, yeah. What uh, what grabbed your eye and? held your attention way back in those younger days? Oh, well, it's 100%. Well, 95, 97%. I'll just say 100%. The artwork. <laughs> I, uh, I I was drawing all my life. And, you know, even in kindergarten, there you could kind of see the separation from the haves and have-nots of people who could draw and those couldn't. Mm -hmm. and so everybody's like, we want Odin on our team. He'll draw best, you know, whenever he had a, like, class project or something. Um, but I wasn't really into comic books. I was into sports and stuff like that. And I got, I was collecting sports cards. And then my buddy, uh, he was into comic books, but I didn't care. And then we were at this flea market and they had like the glass display case with all the trading cards. It was like football cards, baseball cards. There was, but there was this box of comic cards, Marvel's first, uh, first series comic cards. Ah, uh, yes. Nobody was behind the counter. They were hiding. I just snagged a bunch of those, ran off. And then when I got home and opened them, the little thief that I was, uh, I was impressed by how cool the imagery was. And uh, 
I don't know why it took me so long because I was like, I was drawing all the time and everything was kind of comic book style as a kid. Um, but that was the big eye opener. And then my buddy had like long boxes of comics. And then I was like, dude, I want to see some of your comics. So, so then, yeah, that was what caught me. But it was always the artwork. Um, and that was right when, uh, let's see, who was really big? Well, it was like the, the image guys were pretty big. Liefeld was on New Mutants and Jim Lee was doing like, uh, some Wolverine and starting on X-Men and yeah, it was a cool time. McFarlane blasting onto the scene. So. Oh, the, the multi-toy billionaire. Yeah. This is predates all that though. Oh. Who would have, who would have guessed? <laughs> he's, he's making so much money now. It's ridiculous. And somehow yeah, yeah. he's convinced people, uh, to collect digital McFarland toys. Digital toys. Digital toys. I have not heard of such a ridiculous thing. Uh, I, I think that is, you know, a rebranding for NFTs. Well, yeah, that's, that's like... But NFTs it's not really an NFT early. because it's... Well, I'm just going to give everybody this exact same one. You can just play around with it, move it around on your computer. So is it a 3D model, basically? I think it is. I would guess. So I've been trying to figure it out, but I didn't feel like reading like 12 pages <laughs> of uh, the PR he sent me. So, uh, yeah, that's the funny thing is like all that and all that money, and we're still not getting a new Spawn movie like I've been promised for the past 10 years. So, <sighs> I just wanted to finish the old Spawn animator for HBO. Well, that would be great. We all know he's not going to, but no. I bet Keith David could still do it. Yeah, I, I binge watched that thing uh, the other week on HBO Max. Too. That was one of the best. It might have been the best um, comic book animation ever made. I mean, there's been some decent ones, but man, that one was so spot on. Yeah, it was like, like Sam and Twitch. Yeah. yeah, it was such a leap. Um, I mean, back back in the 80s, we had the the original heavy metal movie, which was mind blowing. Oh yeah, yeah, that one's and, the best ever. And hey, you know, <laughs> big cartoon titties. So um, that again, I saw it when I was like twelve or something, you know. And, and you get that feeling like you're watching something you're not supposed to. Yeah, I couldn't understand also, why my mother would not bring me to a cartoon movie when I was a kid. <laughs> and then I saw the entire trailer and turned like six shades of red. I think I was like seven. <laughs> And I was like, "Can we, Mike? Can we sneak into this?" Can, can, you know, no, we can't. I had How a girl because uh, me and Craig tried last week. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay." I had a girl I was dating, and you know, when you first start dating somebody, you're like, "Here's the shit I'm into," and they're, like, you know, and I'm like, "Let's watch heavy metal." It's like a big influence on me and everything. And she was offended that I showed it to her. I'm like, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> if you're offended by this, I just don't think. Uh, if you're offended by this, then you're not going to make it past you. what I'm planning on showing you yeah. later. So. I just said, wait till we get in the bedroom. Then you'll get really get offended. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm going to really offend you. Yeah. Here goes Stern on you. <laughs> Stern. My name is Hanover Fist. 
And that's what I do. I'll do the Hanover fist move on her. That's called a grower, not a shower. <laughs> Chris Fisk, hail. Damn, I keep doing that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Chris Fisk? Good to I'm, see you. I'm, I'm sure you do. So. Oh, you're oh, Res B. Graham? VR Graham? Or whatever the fuck that is. I can't read that. Uh, some word with way too many consonants and not enough vowels. Yeah. It looks uh, Swedish or something. Yeah. But it's good to know that then I can just say, oh, it's Chris Fisk, and not have to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's way better. Uh, so where did you pull the stories for this book from? Where did I pull them <laughs> from? My <laughs> noggin. From the, from the recesses <laughs> of your mind. <laughs> yeah, no, I wish I had a better answer. No, <laughs> no, literally, like you know, if you're a creative person, you have like a bunch of stupid ideas just like rolling around, and it's like a bunch of balloons in the sky. You pull one down, and you start looking at it, and you go, "Ah, oh, that one sucks," and you throw it back, and you grab the next one, and yeah. Eventually, you go okay. This one's this one's the one to run with. <laughs> so in this book, we got two stories, uh, two short stories. So I'm a big fan of short stories always. And uh, somebody was giving me a hard time there because the first one's 58 pages long. The first story, and they're like, "That's a short story." I'm like, "Well, if I wrote it as a novel, it would be a short story. Or if I wrote it in prose, you know, not as a comic book, it would be a short story for sure." You know, yeah, 58 pages in comic book is not that long. You know what I mean? Most says that you gave your noggin an unconditional shove into the deepest reaches of his inner darkness. Most stop making everything gay, man. I'm tired of it. <laughs> oh, at least he hasn't brought the gerbils into it yet. Oh. All right, we got to clean up your show a little bit. <laughs> We're not going into gerbils, man. Come on. <laughs> Richard so, Gear showing up. Who knows what's gonna happen? Uh, <laughs> Wasn't he the one Gerbilgate? <laughs> yeah, he, he'd be paying us to come on. He can't get work anymore. Well, you know, it's a hard sell after the gerbil story. Yeah, I know. And then you know, even even worse when South Park makes fun of you with the, with the gerbil. <laughs> yeah, they with, went. with the with the Lord of the Rings themes song to it and i was just about to say they went in deep on him and i was like well phrasing yeah oh yeah they they got into the upper but i will say mothman prophecies was pretty cool oh yeah i enjoyed that one and uh officer and a gentleman was pretty cool yeah so just from looking at the book everybody can tell that you're heavily influenced from the old uh ec books for sure I look at that stuff and I see, to me, it's like screams cool. It screams fun. It screams like bloody gore. But <laughs> like, uh, and not just EC, you know, the definitely the EC horror titles, but like later Warren Publishing did Eerie and Creepy. And I actually read more of those than uh, EC stuff because it's just a lot harder to find EC stuff. Oh, yeah. But, um, but they were the same vein, I guess. Yeah, I like short stories. I like campy, horrific humor. So, yeah, those were those were the best. Yeah, I was a I was a big uh, fan of uh, 
the old Harris Elvira, not Elvira, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Vampirella stuff. Yeah, Vampy was hot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The stuff they did in that first issue. <laughs> Is this legal to print? All right. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm uh, afraid, well, I have to admit that I never read that first issue. I just remember the cover, the Frazetta cover. That was uh, one of the coolest things I ever saw. And no, I, well, I did play hooky, but I didn't go snowboarding. I just was lame and watched Westerns. Mo will love that. <laughs> I watched Westerns today and Drew. So, <laughs> well, you know, it could have been worse. You could have watched like, you know, manga and, and Drew. That's true. I'll give you, I'll do you one better, Mo, and not, not watch manga. I'll watch Westerns. <laughs> Be back in a bit, guys. Sorry, everyone is streaming at the same time. I know, shocking, isn't it? Dude, you're gonna leave us for someone else, though. <coughs> I mean, do what you got to do, Ray. I'm not gonna hold it against you. We'll amuse maybe, ourselves. Actually, with, I uh, am gonna hold it against you, but with, with Chris and, like Mo and uh, Chris is like 17 other accounts. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we were talking the other the other night. Uh, in, in the little trivia match uh, with yeah, the song. Turd Ferguson. Turd Ferguson. Uh, and I soft pitched you a song in your in your wheelhouse that <laughs> yeah. that you said Mo also said should have been the song. Yeah, he was quick with that when he heard the title of the book. He's like, here's your theme song. <laughs> Somebody to shove. Good old Soul Asylum. Yeah. I love that opening guitar riff. I know, it's just so good. Yeah. She is the grandfather clock. <laughs> yeah, it's just ridiculously good. Oh, man. <laughs> I love guilt tripping you, Ray. That was great. Waiting by the phone. I have like so many tabs open up here. I'm trying to figure out. There we go. <laughs> well, I was as I was getting uh, closer to launching it, I kept like finding I, I was doing like the 12 days of shove songs or something like that. So I was finding all these different songs with shove in the title. Uh, the final one being my old band, which I actually had a song called Unconditional Shove. Uh, so that was where I originally used the term. And uh, played that song. So some decent songs. I remember uh, "Take This Job and Shove It" by Johnny Paycheck. That was a good one. Oh yeah, I said that Shove on more it. than one occasion in my team. Tones. But this here, there she be, there she be, Captain. <laughs> 59 backers, 35 days left. Yeah, we're just one digital backer away from being an even 3,000. <laughs> yeah. Well, come on, somebody in Australia. Right, right. I, I know we mentioned hooky, but, you know, come on, hockey. Uh, <laughs> Where's hockey? Come on, we ten, all know. 10 bucks, man. You, well, can, you can spare 10 we bucks. We all know the, the digital tier is the Australian variant, so... Yeah. You know, because who wants to pay $70 in shipping costs for a comic book? 
that's true but i mean uh, um I've, I've got a few like international backers that like bought books you know not the digital and i was like oh wow did they even read read the fine print of that <laughs> well maybe they did maybe they didn't but uh nonetheless we'll get them their copies you have to admire Johnny Paycheck's determination. What do you mean the name Johnny Cash is already taken? But it didn't stop him. <laughs> Johnny Chains would have Joe been. Joe only yeah. likes me for my love shove. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good Lord. Love shove, yeah. Uh, now, my favorite pun that I heard was from Aragon Ape. He says that he, use, uh, he uses unconditioner on his hair. I was like, That's a good pun. I like that one. The shove puns are all there all day long, but oh, to yeah. use unconditional and, and unconditioner, that was that was clever. You know, especially, you know, especially with double A, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's, he's that's just, a lot of unconditioner on that hairy ass body. He's, he's just one step away from ARO. So <laughs> ARO was much cooler. And, uh, you know. Well, maybe he is ARO. Now, you, now you're going to offend Mo and he's going to leave. Oh, uh, I've been close before. Yeah, he's, he's probably got like five screens open watching everybody else that's streaming too. Well, that's true. You know. Potentially. Potentially. As long as you show him love, he'll probably hang out. You know. So let's take a look at this cool trailer of yours. Yeah. Pure speculation, just an educated guess, I'd say that man is alive. Come with me, see what I see. The terrible worlds that lie between. The realm observed and the realms unseen, where the dark things live while you dream. Join me, fight on the beholder as I drag your mind into those shadows and corners where you can see like me those things you don't want to believe. Unconditional Shove, the new horror sci-fi graphic novel anthology series two stories and over 80 pages of compelling, action-packed, terrifying fun. In our first story, I'll take you to a place where the otherworldly is made manifest. In this place, the abstract permeates the cosmology. In this place, your fears will construct the most terrifying animations. Because in this place, monsters exist. And in our second story, we stumble upon an ancient friendship between monster and man. And you'll see why it might be best to keep your monsters close and your enemies even closer. In with friends like these. Unconditional Shove Volume 1. A graphic novel for all you lovers of the strange, macabre, and creepy things that we all know exist in the shadows of our universe. Unconditional show back in today on Indiegogo. 
let's give credit to the trailer makers. I think you're muted. So you want to try that again with your microphone on? No. <laughs> Are you just going to let me go that long? Damn. No, I said, I think you're muted. Oh, I didn't hear you there. <laughs> and then I went and refreshed the page. And I'm like, he's still talking. Uh, I'll just uh, That's all right. I've done worse. Um, <laughs> way stupider than that. Uh, by the way, Chris Fisk. That might be in running for the best uh, new uh, um, pun, unconditional shovel. So anyway, let me say this all again. Yes, I'm, I was muted. Abra's Two Cents. She also she has a YouTube channel called Abra's Two Cents. And uh, she is awesome. She does review videos. Um, I guess she's doing like game streaming now. But mm -hmm. uh, just a delight. She's awesome. And uh, she also co-hosts on 80s make consumers channel as well uh but she did all the editing work on the trailer and then i did the voiceover the music was an old band of mine and then uh obviously all the imagery was from the book so so yeah that's who was involved but really abra's two cents just like killed it she's awesome but the last thing i said before i realized i wasn't talking was uh <laughs> Uh, she's also available to do to do trailers if somebody's looking because uh, she did kind of want to make a side hustle out of it. I'm like, well, you really kicked ass on this one for me. So, so if there is other other opportunities out there, just throwing it out for for her sake because she was awesome. With friends like this, it's about a famed actor Richard Fear who was locked alone in a pet shop overnight. There is no pretty woman waiting beneath the wings, but a new definition of hamster hole. Oh, man. That sounds like a shove story right there. Uh, oh, yeah. We wouldn't call it with friends like these, even though that's two on the nose. Yeah. Bretsky. Hey, Bretsky the Great. wonder who that could be. Huh? <laughs> I'm thinking uh, he was a hockey player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> accidentally delete my mess. <laughs> Well, Ray, it's also good to see you back. I <laughs> see so you came to your senses and came back to hang out. Thank you, Ray. Ray left? <laughs> oh, sorry, Ray. That's that's as close as I get to uh, an EBS type insult, so. <laughs> yeah, that was a... Uh... Rob, kind of you're here. Like a, I didn't even know you were here. A Rickles kind of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you've got a color and a black and white edition. Yes, sir. And which one is selling the best, or are they both kind of like neck and neck? 
Well, uh, I think individually the colors are the color is selling bad. <laughs> the colors. <laughs> That's not a bad. Individually, the color version sells better. Um, but the most back tier has been this combo pack, which is your best bang for the buck because it's cheaper than buying them separately if you were mm-hmm. to do both versions. You save 10 bucks. Um, but I think uh, a lot of people are like me where I just want to see both. I want to see this book. Uh, you know, I've seen it in black and white because I'm doing all the line art. But um, uh, see a published version in black and white and then the color version because they are completely different experiences. It's like night and day what color does to to these images. So, But it was originally created to be a black and white book. So, um, And then somewhere along the line, I went, no. Let's let's get a colorist on board and uh, got Demir Rosick, uh, amazing, awesome kid who just uh, has been killing it with the colors. He gets he gets the look and aesthetic that we're trying to go for, and uh, yeah, dude's awesome. And his enthusiasm for doing it has been one of the funnest things. It's like you know infused me with like new life on this project because you know he's like so excited to get new pages and color them, so. <laughs> the, the chat just amusing themselves yeah well they're amusing me as well i'll see i'll look over and i'll be like yes thank you guys for these these little zingers they're like statler and waldorf mo and chris <laughs> yeah i know and and bretsky aka mo um you could have thrown the in the digital version and then claimed you saved twenty dollars. That is a good point. God damn it, Mo. Where were you when we were making this campaign? You know, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't consult the master himself, and I know, right? That actually is a good idea because yeah. then, yeah, you get the digital version, and you would save twenty bucks in theory. And tell us about your uh, your version of a crypt keeper here on the cover. Oh yeah, that is uh Vidon the Beholder. Uh yeah, he's the Crypt Keeper-esque character, if you will. So um, but I always uh liken him to like the Watchers mm-hmm. from uh Marvel. Yeah. And basically he's like just uh interdimensional being who sees things throughout space and time and and then basically just you know, introduces us readers to like the most fantastic stories he finds uh, throughout the different dimensions and planes. And yeah. Throughout the cosmos. Throughout the cosmos. He's Carl Sagan, basically. Carl, Carl Sagan and. Uh, <laughs> and he looks very tall. Is is he is he very tall or is it just. You wanted him larger than life on the cover. Yeah, I want him larger than life on the cover. Now, that said, I haven't specifically determined the height for him, but I do imagine him being taller than uh, than a human. <laughs> than your average human, at least. Than a man um, human. Yeah. No, and some of his look was actually, uh, especially the color, I was like, I want him to look like Doc Savage. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of bronzer. Oh, yeah. The man of bronze was too cool not to throw a little uh, nod his way. 
it's you know it's like a copper tone commercial from the 70s all right <laughs> well it's like a looks like spray on tan <laughs> oh god please i tried it once no shit i was like 21 i'm like i'm white i'm whiter than white yeah you know and i'm irish so i don't tan i just burn right. And he goes, well, I've seen you. It looks like you have a tan. I'm like, no, those are just millions of freckles growing on a daily basis when my <laughs> arm hangs out the window. I go, so my left arm looks kind of tan, but my right arm is just way too bright. Your left arm is an evolutionary jump compared to your right arm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I saw your arm hanging out the window. I thought you were Portuguese or something. I'm like, <laughs> Well, that happens to me, Maybe. but that's more just from tanning from that left arm. But yeah, yeah. No, I had a, a girl I was I was with, and she did that, and it would look fine, except for I could see where like maybe missed a spot or something. I'm like, oh, well, that looks horrible. Hey, Vince. Howdy. Good evening, Vince. Does he say boy <laughs> and throw chrome spheres? Yeah, he does. <laughs> dripping a lake. Whoa, yeah, it's whoa, much whoa. better than dropping a lake. <laughs> yeah. Dripping a lake. Well, you better mop that shit up afterwards, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, no, you know, you make a anthology book and you do this horror style. Cause even the non Tales from the Crypt, you know, the uh, Haunt of Fear had the old witch, and then Vault of Terror. I can't remember what his name was. The Creep. I think it was The Creep. Mm. You know, they always had like, and even some of the other ones, you know, they always had a narrator, somebody who kind of goes, Here's our stories, you know, like just in a Rod Serling esque, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, Yeah, gotta have that. It wouldn't feel right without him. Now, this is up to what, like 88 pages now? Uh, no. <laughs> Not yet? Not yet. I mean, right now I'm uh, I'm working on page 66, which I've been working on for a while now because I've been streaming too much. Um, and also I have other, other irons in the fire that I have to take care of drawing-wise. But um, yeah, I mean, at the moment it's going to be just over 80, 82, 83, but it kind of depends on where how I stretch out the end of the story because it could be longer, but uh, that's if I want bigger splash pages or something. <laughs> Make a bigger Which I may do page. because I think they're fun, you know? Yeah. I, I used to love when it, when it was a, when it wasn't a thing and you would get them like on rare occasion, like you'd be reading your reading your like ASM or Incredible Hulk or something. And then you open yeah. it up and the and the two metal pages are just like this one enormous like battle scene or something. Oh yeah, yeah. And you'd be like, whoa. No, I mean I, I definitely have that in there. I couldn't do a 80 page book without a two page spread somewhere in there. So Oh yeah. Yeah. But and there's a few good splash pages, even if they have other panels on them, they're still more or less splash pages, you know couple nine panel pages you know it's like a a good mix <laughs> oh thank you likewise 
and uh, celebrate the fall of the MCU. That would be something to give thanks for. Oh, yeah. Disney's utter failure. Yeah. And their utter failure as well. They're just utter. Make their milk sour. Yeah. But on to better things. Like unconditional shove. (laughs) Yeah, so this is uh, story number one. Monsters exist. A little... uh, six-page panel there just showing the transformation of this porcelain baby doll into uh, an unthinkably gross beast. Uh, It actually gets even worse after those panels. but um, It makes you think of any little entitled girl in the carriage at the local supermarket. No, no, yeah, I've seen this. (laughs) You know, this is a first-hand experience. (laughs) I've, I've seen this in... You know, I remember saying, man, when these kids grow up, we're going to be screwed. Hey, guess what? They've grown up. We're screwed. Here we are. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Here's your leaders. (laughs) Two weeks to slow the curve. They counted counted wrong. Oh, my gosh. What a weird two-year period that was. Oh, it was terrible. And now... Case in point, everybody has a podcast. <laughs> Thanks. <Yeah. laughs> That's true. That gives me plenty to, you know, go show my book on though. So thank you, Will, for Just picking up the picking up what the government put down. <laughs> <laughs> oh look. <laughs> oh look, boredom. <laughs> Thanks, what am I gonna do? Well, they shut down comic book conventions. What the? Yeah. So instead, I will just sit in my wheelchair online and talk to comic book creators on my computer. Well, you know, that's not that bad. But I do remember, like, they were doing some weird-ass shit. I live in Washington State, which is kind of like, they were one of the more progressive, like, stupider Uh, ones. Yeah. And uh, I had this karaoke bar. I'd go there all the time and sing. I got to know the owners and the people who did the... Well, you know, when this whole happened, they couldn't do karaoke because the microphones and shit. They couldn't have people at the bar. You could sit at tables and you had to have like a table between you and all this weird shit. But then they took away the pool tables, took away the dartboards. And so the guy got no business, even though he could finally open back up for business, but nobody came in. So I was just stopping by, getting a drink and hanging out with him. And then I would give him like, you know, like $30 tips. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I love you, man. I want you to stay open. You know, I buy one beer and I give him $30. Tip. <laughs> but uh, that was rough times, you know, because like there was like pool table right there. And I'm like, I'm bored. I'm having a drink. Why can't I just play some damn pool? You know, it's the stupidest stuff. Nope. We can't have everybody playing with those balls. That's right. You touch those balls. Everybody's touching those balls. Yeah, and a ball touches Chris Fisk. Six panels of SJW meme. It kind of is. I want to see somebody turn that six panel uh, block there, that transformation, into into a meme that gets gets viral. As long as Shove is always credited, I don't care. <laughs> I was unconditionally shoved, and then I noticed the transformation of another local Karen. <laughs> 
Moses. First, we had the Western debacle. Then last time, it was an hour of Phil, Jason, and Odin's comic collection show and tell. Well, <laughs> we enjoyed it, Mo, just because you were going absolutely bananas, pissed off. <laughs> well, it was just a stream where we were like talking about Simon Bisley, and then so everybody pulled out all their Simon Bisley comics, and we're, and I get it, it was stupid, but I was drinking and and I like Simon Bisley, so shit happened. And that's yeah. the Western debacle was Aldous and uh, Steve Dye talking about westerns for an hour which ones were the best and who produced them and who acted in them and why they were impactful culturally <laughs> you, could have, absolutely you, you, you could have dragged it out longer all you had to do was grab a hold of Graham nolan oh yeah i'm sure he would have loved that well like i said i spent my whole day watching westerns today so that said i'm not going to talk about it Three hours three is fair hour. enough. It was more like three hours. Three hour tour. Yeah, let's talk about westerns. It's just a three hour tour. Yeah. Yeah, what Ray was there. I was there. I was there too. And this day, and uh, where were you in the great western debacle of 2022? Look, it's no debacle. I love westerns. I do too. It was it was funny. It was like an old man moment, though. Uh, I actually just watched a uh, documentary on uh, called Prisoner Number One, and it was about uh, Machete, ah, Trejo, Danny and Trejo. Uh, his dad used to watch westerns all the time. They'd watch them on TV and. Uh, they thought John Wayne was like, you know, a real root him, toot him, shoot him up. You know, oh, they thought he was an actual badass. Yeah, they thought he was an actual badass. <laughs> they didn't know he was like a, an actor. Hey, I watched that. I'm like, he pulls it off well. Like, I could see that. Like, you would think he was like that in real life, but it's like, maybe he wasn't. I don't know. So I just watched The Man Who Shot Liberty Valens. And it's like all this machismo with him and fucking Lee Marvin. And that shit was awesome. But enough about Western. Yeah. <laughs> it's a spare mo. I loved it when the kid said, I can't swim. And John Wayne picked him up and he towed <coughs> him into the lake. In the pool or the lake. <laughs> and then the mother admitted she couldn't swim either. And he grabbed her too. <laughs> Well, the part that cracks me up is that his character's not only not only was he not afraid of anything, he would get pissed off at the idea of people being afraid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like other people being afraid. He's like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Fuck up, Pilgrim. You're going in the lake. He says, well, there's a difference between watching a Western and listening to people talk about Westerns for three difference. hours. No structure, <laughs> just rambling. He's still traumatized. <laughs> Trejo tried to rob a bank with a hand grenade. Wow. That's one way. It's I, I'm pretty sure it, 
it wasn't loaded. Uh, or, <laughs> it wasn't loaded. <laughs> or it was a dud or something. Uh, I can't remember. But they used to use the hand grenade and they used to go into the liquor store that got robbed like five times a day. So they would get like indiscriminate amounts of, you know, pocket change out of this, out of this <laughs> place that's still there and operating to this day. Yeah. But well, their, their well, gun, he had, he had a gun. Okay. It was like a 38. Yeah. But it was broken because he didn't have any bullets in it. But if he didn't hold it with two hands, just the right way, the entire gun would fall apart. Where is it? Fell, uh, it was it was in uh, documentary. It's on uh, it's on Tubi. Oh, is that the Treo documentary? Yeah, uh, okay. it's, it's called uh, Prisoner Number One. <coughs> right, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, he's Mo. Well, don't leave. We're done talking westerns. <laughs> We're done talking westerns, really. <laughs> Let's talk about Danny Treo and. <laughs> No, <laughs> I wish he Robbing was on the bank. East Coast because I understand he's he's got like a fleet of taco trucks, and they're like amazing tacos. Treo tacos. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I imagine they're better than you know. What do they call that? Uh, uh now I can think of the term Taco Bell, basically. Yeah. Um, why is that term eluding me? The American Mexican Tex-Mex. Tex-Mex, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. You go back <laughs> to Westerns. Um, thanks for hanging out as long as you did, Mo. You're a trooper. <laughs> you did you did last last longer than I expected. Christmas says my Korean blood boils at the <laughs> thought of people trying to rob stores. Makes me want to get on the roof for some target practice. Well, what about your Jewish blood? <laughs> That's Oy vey. Yeah, like take my money. Uh that man, that still makes him want to do target practice so he doesn't have to lose his money. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're taking money from you. Oh, yeah. Accept that. Not at all. Between the two, he would turn the tables and flip the tables, which is what we all want to do every time a girlfriend or wife uh, doesn't order French fries, but eats them off our plate at the restaurant and then smiles at us. Oh, that doesn't happen to me. I don't share. Joey doesn't share food. No, you don't share food. It's one thing you don't share. I mean, if you're like done eating and you got some left and you're like, hey, you want these fries? That's a whole different thing. But yeah, what's what I ordered is what I ordered. I'm a fat guy on a terrible diet. If I, <laughs> if I have a cheat night out and I order fries, especially sweet potato fries, she's going to get stabbed. Um, <laughs> I can't. Not a fan of sweet potato fries. I just don't like sweet potatoes. I oh, like, okay. I'm like, they're not even potatoes. Like, I don't know what the hell they are. They're all mushy and weird. I don't know. Can't handle it. It has a whole wrong flavor to me. I like them. I'm I'll weird. eat them. 
because I'll eat anything that's put in front of my face and you call it food. But <laughs> that's what she told me. Um, right. So we can get both versions for 60. Yep. You can get the Australian variant for 10. Yeah. They like reading on their computers and tablets. Yeah. Uh, you can get the black and white version that is very popular among the artist community. They like to see the line work. I like black and white for that very reason. I like mm -hmm. the reading line work. Um, but I, there's 10 claimed, which is pretty good. It's actually pretty well spaced out. There's some people who really just wanted the black and white version. Um, but well, it does a have a different stuff. Cover. A lot of horror stuff kind of like thrives in the black and white. Yeah, it lends itself pretty well, especially if it's like heavy uh, use of the black, you know. Mm -hmm. if you get like heavy handed with it like a lot again a lot of those the ec books are all black and white the eerie and creepies were all black and white um and those artists would get really heavy handed and just like which makes sense i mean you want it to have a darker look when it's horror so so it all yeah and then just in general i think horror works pretty well black and white like even in movies and film and you've got two different covers one for the black and white one for the color so yeah, so that's another incentive to get each. They have their yeah. own, own unique covers. You know, unlike unlike some campaigns that have 37 and a half variants, uh, <laughs> yeah. there's only two here. Yeah, I didn't do that. Um, you know, uh, I imagine the next volume, I'll reach out to some artist friends and get some, like, special things. But this one, I kind of wanted it to just be like, this is what I do, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you know... Um, you're getting my art because I don't like the the feel of like I, I like the idea of the person doing the original or the interiors doing the cover um, as much as possible but I, I get why you do the variant covers and all that or getting somebody but sometimes it cut, does feel like a bait and switch or something you get this amazing cover for some amazing artist and then sometimes the interiors aren't as good I'm like no nah, it's going to be just me throughout so. yeah Chris had some of the best tacos from Roach Wagons. I thought it was Ranch Wagons. I'm like, really? Yeah, well, that makes more sense than Roach Wagons. But... Yeah. <laughs> when I, you know, the, the catering trucks, the Roach Coaches. Yeah, the Roach Coaches. Some of them, you know, so the, the food truck industry uh, kind of thrived because they would get they'd have to get a like around here. They have to get a license for wherever they wherever they park. Right. So it's like first come, first serve. And then some trucks smartened up. Instead of parking in the same spot every day, they park in a different spot every day. They pay for extra licenses, but they're pulling people from all over the city. You know, if they're if they're like in the capital city, they can pull right. people from like all over the town. Now, the ones that I saw that did the best, there's a hot dog dude who would hang out outside of the bars, you know? Oh, yeah. And I mean, he wouldn't even like pull up shop till like midnight and uh, stay there till four in the morning or whatever, you know, however long the drunk stragglers stayed. And the line would be like fucking 50 people, you know? Everybody's like, fuck, yeah, I want a hot dog right now. Oh, I know. The special duty cops hated those guys. Oh, I'm sure. Because it's bad enough trying to get all the drunk college kids out of the bar and. Out of out of the area that they're patrolling, air quotes, <laughs> like somebody else's problem now. Fuck it. Right. Uh, 
and and then there ended up being like a big beef between the uh, like the hot dog cart guy and the local <laughs> Domino's who started who started sending the most annoying driver down to that area with like bags and bags of just like cheese pizzas, like a full, like, you know, medium, which is a small Domino's. I don't give a damn what you say. Yeah. Uh, no, medium is too small, but I get um, it for five bucks a piece, yeah. which was, which was ousting the, the hot dog guy. Cause he was charging five bucks a piece for a hot dog. Dude, this is probably worse than the, the meth dealers. <laughs> I know, right? They're all they're all in it together. Oh, probably. Well, except that you don't eat when you're on meth, so that doesn't yeah. help. We're all in it together. It's imperative to have at least one cover done by the interior artists. A variant cover should be done should be an alternative. A hundred percent agree about the bait and switch feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, again, there's a time and place, like kind of if you're established or something, you know, that's kind of the thing. I was like, this is my first campaign. I don't want it to be like, you know, hey, I paid $10,000 to get some like amazing artist that everybody knows because uh, just to try to sell the book. And maybe that would have helped. I don't know. But like on the same hand, I'm like, that's not how I'm doing things. So, yeah, I paid 30 grand to have art germs scribble this thing in my, uh, in my corner box so uh <laughs> yeah. please, please buy into my campaign and they just shot on a on, a, on 11 by 17 board and said here you go thanks for the money oh man i see a boomerang <laughs> business opportunity a cookie and nachos truck that drives around college towns and bars at closing time uh they've already dude. got all those dude yeah people are doing it i mean it's a great idea if if it's not in your neighborhood Maybe you start it up and get it going because, uh, yeah, those guys do well. I mean, you have to deal with drunk people, which is uh, sometimes fun, sometimes really fucking annoying. So, all the, uh, all the local colleges to Chris all have, uh, you know, court orders against him. So, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, no, it was funny you were talking about like the the cops on the beat and like uh, we played a show in Butte, Montana my old band and I tell you that was the coolest place I'd ever seen because you know most bars you can't walk out with a drink you know yeah these people would walk with a pint glass like from the one bar they walk down the road they'd be just hanging out they'd walk down the road to the next bar with the same with the pint glass from the other bar and then there's a uh, just all kinds of craziness going on in the streets and everyone hanging out and cops patrolling like crazy not doing a thing and I remember thinking to myself i'm like they're just they're just trying to stop fights right like mm -hmm. everything else who cares you know as long as there's no fights or violence who cares and i was like this place is awesome <laughs> yeah and, you know they they're just there to stop the fights uh and you know people that are wobbling back and forth like weebles from getting in a car and driving right away. taking the keys when they need to yeah like those kind of things just like keep the peace that's all they're there for they're not there to like bust anyone's balls or like um you know write unnecessary tickets they're like everyone's having a good time hanging out let's just keep the peace you know let's keep everyone safe and having fun and i was like fuck yeah isn't that how it should be 
Yeah. yeah. It's like, look, I'm only getting paid $50 an hour to hang around with you guys and I can't drink. So <laughs> once in a while I might, you know, clip somebody in the knees with a nightstick, but that's about all. <laughs> all those local colleges are the same ones near you. Well, yeah, I know. We're both banned. <laughs> it's like, did you see? He's like, no, I couldn't see him either. <laughs> did you see my wanted posters on campus or something? <laughs> yeah, in a in a drive-by. We were driving down the area and I saw him. But Yeah, he was know. looking for his own picture and he's like, oh, Chris made it. He's arrived at my level. Yeah, I had a bunch of college kids chasing me down the street in my wheelchair van because I yelled out the window, men can't get pregnant. <laughs> they what were an all, odd thing to get mad about, right? They were they were all offended. Next thing I know, they're all wearing black hoods and face coverings. And it's a scientific fact, but, you know, whatever. Throw out the torches and pick, pitchforks. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, apparently not a, a science... A science college, the yeah. University of Science. None, none of them are, really, you know, <laughs> when you think about it. Well, some still are, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's like trans men can get pregnant. Trans men are actually women. We all know this. You just like to argue. <laughs> that's why I'm not invited over anybody's house for holidays. Oh, well, if that's what keeps you from anybody's house, then I'm probably not either. That's some of the dumbest shit. I mean, I was talking about this with somebody else on a stream. I was like, you know, we live in a time where you'll actually see it in a newspaper where like in a newspaper or in a magazine, it'll say her penis. And um, you just no. see it regularly now, like her penis. What? <laughs> what about cookie and notching vendor, vendor machines installed into a Lyft? Uber van will drive you home from the bars and buy some munchies. I actually like that idea, like being an Uber or Lyft driver where you just like keep like snacks up there, but you charge like an arm and a leg for them. Yeah, like, hey, you guys want some cookies? And they're like, yeah, fuck yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's five bucks a cookie, you know. Five dollars for a 35 cent bag of, bag of Fritos. Yes. You know, stuff, <laughs> stuff like that. I'll give you one Frito. For a dollar, the rest of the bag is ten dollars. <laughs> yeah, the first one's free. First one's free. There you go. It's Columbia House, Columbia oh. House crackers. Oh my god! This is the second time this week somebody called me a cracker. That's all right. right. Oh my Nothing god! Nothing wrong with that. I'm proud. Herpiness. Herpiness. <laughs> Uh, well, See, I've seen that one before. That that's one kind, that's kind of like the before and after. Uh, <laughs> so before before I uh, fell ill, I spent about thirty years as a strip club DJ. Oh, nice! And a I'll couple of those a couple of those strip clubs uh, also owned some of those adult video stores. Yeah, you know, diversify. And I worked in one of the nicer ones that which basically means not many people ever came in. Yeah. <laughs> so I, used to, I used to sit there with like stacks of comic books behind the counter and just read comics. You know, once a week I'd have to haul like an order up like you know, <laughs> naked women all around. You are a nerd. <laughs> two, two flights of stairs. Naked women all around me. Hey, leave me alone. I'm reading my comics. <laughs> I used to go sit in the bondage chair and 
and and read uh, you know some chaos comics and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You get your balls whacked a little bit while you read your comics. <laughs> yeah, I didn't care. I wouldn't I was care. Like, That's I was like, like, hey, honey, you want a discount? Come here. Um, <laughs> it worked a few times. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what what would happen is in the afternoons, like around 3, 30, 4 o'clock, because it's like it was in uh, Rhode Island in Providence. It's yeah. the capital city. So it's like super heavy traffic everywhere. So they're it's all the girls that worked at the bank next door would come in, peruse the toy wall, giggle right. a lot. Right. Say, what's that for? Like, I will show and then, you. then I would from across the room with, with my booming radio voice, explain <laughs> that that was a vibrating cock ring for him. <laughs> uh, but one day there was a guy in a three-piece suit, you know, briefcase, everything, and he's just like wandering around the store. And then I notice he's at the he/she rack. <laughs> yeah. And there were about twelve women over at the toy wall. I'm like, hey pal, just so you know, those aren't chicks with dicks; those are dudes with boobs. <laughs> and he. He sprinted because it was like an emergency exit door right behind him. We were on the second floor. He ran out and almost died because that exit emptied out onto the main road. Oh, so he just ran out in traffic? He, he ran out in traffic, and, and luckily he, he dove back onto the sidewalk. <laughs> uh, I quickly helped him by running over and uh, shutting off the alarm and locking the doors behind him. Oh, so he, he had to walk like three blocks to get back to his car. <laughs> I felt so bad. He never bought anything in the store. So he was just, you know, looking and taking, you know, mental pictures for, for later yeah, on in the no, evening. I get it. Yeah. I had I'm going to go home and play whack-a-mole. <laughs> I had a well, a former friend. He was once a friend, but he worked at Fantasy, which is like a big sex shop in Seattle. And I started a job over in Seattle, and he had started that job. And then I was calling him, and I was like, "Hey, how's your first day of work going?" And he's like, "He's talking about it like it's just normal job hassle." But he's like, "He's like, dude, I'm tired of picking up these fucking tissues, man." <laughs> like, no, he's like, yeah, dude, I'm telling these guys, no more. You're picking up your own damn tissue. But he's talking about it like so cavalier, like as if I would relate or something. <laughs> he said when they I did his orientation, the <laughs> they walked around and then they went to the room where everybody, where people were like actually watch a movie and they're like, hey, this is the room where you know you, you're fucking watch a movie or whatever and jerk off. Anyway, they like open the door and you know show him, and this he's like the people turned and looked, and like he's like the shame on their faces. <laughs> shame, shame. I, I, I told him he needs a loudspeaker and just like say that over and over throughout the place. Shame, shame. Knock on the door. Your mother called for the third time, asking you to go home. <laughs> Well, then me and a girlfriend I was with, we were down that area of Seattle. We went inside, and the guy who was running the place then looked like uh, the dude, Jeff Bridges from Big Lebowski. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, he had like on a bathrobe with like you know, I was like and then uh we were looking at toys and shit and then like he's like explaining why one's better than the other. I'm like, dude, could you just go the fuck away? <laughs> I don't want to know, you know, why you think or why you know so much about all these dildos. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, fun times. This is a good one, Chris. Now appearing on stage three, put your hands together for Crystal. Will, while reading his comics. Yes. <laughs> no, I couldn't do that at the club. Uh, usually, I would I would convert girls that I would get that I could get along with. Uh, you know that that weren't in need of like two boxes of Midol to get through the night. Um, <laughs> and uh, they would they would inevitably get yelled at for getting drunk, but they still had to get guys to buy them drinks. Uh, so they would get guys to buy them drinks and be like, I'll be right back. I have to go to the ladies room. And then they would come to the DJ booth at the end of the night. It'd be like 37 empty glasses in the booth. Be like, yeah, I need a, I need a tray to bring these back. Okay. Med's kicking in. I'm going to go grab my pillow and pretend it's Odin. Have fun. <laughs> I know I will. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> Come on. You know somebody's going to clip that and send it to 80s, mate. Oh, yeah. Well, he already knows. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not a secret anymore. It's no secret. Ray, it's not a secret anymore. Your meds kicked in. <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. Uh yeah. So you got the unconditional fan pack for two fifty. Yeah, I think we should call that fanny pack. Now that I think about it, the, the unconditional fanny pack. Fanny pack. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, you get both books, um, but you also get your choice of uh, interior original art pages from inside the book. Nice. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so yeah, that's basically anything but the two-page spread. I basically like if you like an art page, you know, uh, if somebody does back that tier, the first one to back it gets their first choice, you know. And what I'm gonna do is ask James, who's lettering and, and editing the book, and I'm gonna ask my colorist, be like, "What are your favorite ten? And I'll pick my favorite ten. I'll whittle them down and just say. But so far, no one's claimed it. So, but whoever does would get would get their pick. They would definitely like get whatever page from the book they want, you know, outside well, of the two page spread. I really like this image on the left with friends like these. Oh yeah. The scarecrow. He's a menacing figure there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun one to draw. Like the, the scarecrow character himself is fun to draw. Um, I remember a, a friend of mine, I was drawing a picture of him and he was up on his scarecrow perch and he said, what is your book? The Passion of the Scarecrow? And I was like, oh, it does look like a crucifix now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so with friends like these, it's basically uh, the, the scarecrow monster. Uh, there's a homestead. Uh, him and the homestead owner have uh, some sort of weird symbiotic relationship. And... Uh, Two criminals, 
we'll just say that like a Mickey and Mallory type, a, a guy and a girl, their car breaks down. They end up at this cabin and end up in a fight for their life after they learn this uh, crazy secret of their rather symbiotic relationship. OG interior art is a big hit in CJ. Well, that's the thing. I'm not an OG yet. That's why it's not a hit yet. <laughs> but I will vouch. Like, I mean, you could get that scarecrow image. Like, and uh, it's a badass page. That's well, like if, cool. if OG stood for old guy, then you know you're you're there. There we are. I am more than there, but I don't draw anything. Well, that could so, be this Odin guy, you know. Yeah, who knows? Which I'm definitely the Odin guy, so. Yeah. Two versions of the book. Black no, I love interior or original art as well. But, I mean, it's always a big ask, money-wise. I know that. Oh, yeah. But I tried to keep it pretty low, and that's why you also get both copies of the book as well. Because... Um, Honestly, if I just like were at an art show selling these images, like that scarecrow page for the time it took, I'd be selling it for like four hundred, you know. Oh yeah, so it's a it's a deal now. It's uh, a deal, and they're never going to be made again. It's yeah. never going to be other one. It'll be the only one. Yeah, because ever it's, made. It's traditional art. That's true. On board. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's another thing. I kind of I don't know. If Take pride is the right word, but I'll use it. <laughs> I take pride in the fact that I do a traditional. Yeah, there's there's so many people that are just like, no, digital is way easier. I go, yeah, can't we really sell digital art afterwards? You can't sell it afterwards. But the other thing is, like, I watch people draw digital, and they'll like clip something and rotate it, and then they'll throw like some hatching lines and one won't be like perfect. And then they'll like erase it and then like try to get it perfect. I'm like, I could never draw like this guys. <laughs> Even when I did draw digitally, it still kind of looked like I was just drawing traditionally because I didn't like do all that stuff, like cropping things and um, erasing, you know, I mean, I would use the undo button quite a bit, but still it yeah. ended up looking traditional by the time it was done. Yeah, that's that's the big get for uh, doing anything digitally. It's like, well, I've got a built-in eraser. Uh, I'm not <laughs> spending nearly as much on on Copics in uh, in boards. So that's true. There's less uh, overhead money. I mean, once you spend the money, you're good. Unless you upgrade your uh, tablet or whatever you're using to draw on. So there's that full page of that scarecrow. I love this slideshow. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was a good idea to keep the the never-ending scroll from happening. <laughs> I want to show interior pages, and a lot of these are splash. But it's like again, anyone who did the original art tier could pick any of these pages, and it would be yours. Obviously, the color ones would be black and white, but. Yeah. The uh colors are done digitally. The the image of the uh the giant the giant baby doll that's gonna be coming up reminds me a little bit of Akira. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I could see that. Like when he wakes up in bed and um 
having that hallucination from yeah the, yeah from from the other kids yeah oh that scene was great that was like really when the terror starts too it, it really starts to think to sink in you're like what yeah the? like shit's getting real the soundtrack on that part too that was oh, when yeah. it got, got heavy that uh when that movie came out it for for me it pushed ninja scroll down like a half a notch yeah except i saw akira first so i think it came out first um but yeah then i saw ninja scroll and i was like okay this is badass but it had totally different vibe you know yeah we're both anime and all that or japanimation as we used to say yeah (laughs) and then all of a sudden it came it, it became manga and i mean forgive me mo bigs but I, I see the lore of manga because one, not only do they have buy one, get one, or buy two, get one, or buy buy three, pay half price, or right. know, some, some kind of like ridiculous sale on stuff. Uh, but in that lot, you get stuff like, you know, Berserk. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, uh, Berserk is kind of an outlier a little bit, or Berserker. Um, Is it Berserk or Berserker? I can't remember because I don't really read mangas. But uh, the one thing I notice about them is they are made cheaply. And they're not really made for collectability. Yeah. So that's the difference between one of, well, one of a few. But that's one of the differences between American comics and mangas. that uh, We sell ours with this kind of, like, intent or this mindset of collectability. Uh, mangas are meant to be read, which I actually appreciate that mindset, but... Um, yeah, they're, you know, they're all black, you know, they're all, like, black and white for the most part. Yeah. Um, but they're, like, they're around 100 pages for, like, 10 bucks. Right. Well, and they're smaller. You just uh, yeah. throw, throw com- in your... You know, they're compact. Yeah. You know, like, just slightly larger than a paperback novel. Right. Um. But again, like they're meant to be like read and abused, like like a paperback novel. You just throw it in your backpack and go or something. Whereas like an American comic, you're like, oh, I don't want to bend it up or, you know, (laughs) mess it up. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, back back when I was a kid, we used to roll them up, put them in our back pocket. Sure. You know, hop on our, you know, hop on our bikes and and take off. And then we go all all go hang out and start swapping them back and forth. And, uh, Talking about being a thief, like I remember we would take them from this shop uh, and we had it. We actually had freaking fanny packs because this was back when people actually did that. Uh, but we would fold them in half, like just bend them in half and stuff them in our fanny pack and <laughs> run, out the, run out the store like that. Wow. Chris says, Ninja Scroll blew my mind. That doesn't take much. Uh, the opening scene will rock with the rock guy slurping up Kagome was not something I was ready to see as a teenager. Yeah, well, they really intensified that, too. Like, they had sounds that were like, like, you really were like, this guy's drinking blood. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, what was that? I must have got a clot in the straw. (laughs) It's like when you get a strawberry milkshake. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, but then also seeing like a monster like 
uh, sexually assault a woman, like sucking on titty and stuff. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow. I want to be this monster. <laughs> I might not be able to get porn, but I can get this. <laughs> exactly. And the creators, uh, Broken Compass Comics. Yes, sir. You can check out the video of the creative team. Yeah, and... it's me talking. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I always I always like to see the video either like on another trip on another channel that has you on or just, you know, I'll just watch it myself and make sure yeah. it's not just I... like, you know, the creator talking about the book. Because I'm going to be talking to one of the creators about his book. Fair so, enough. Well, and I've yet to have anyone on stream, which is fine by me. I really don't want to watch it, but uh, I've yet to have anybody play that video. Like, almost everybody plays the trailer, which is better anyway. But no, that was James's idea. He's like, oh, how about you just uh, introduce us on a video? I'm like, okay, I guess I could. <laughs> well, partially because I suck at, like, talking about myself. so And I'm pretty much the main creative person the creative team pretty much so mm -hmm. i'm a colorist and then james doing the lettering and editing so that's us three that's the team the three amigos yeah and if only we could get to this ten thousand. <laughs> yeah this book would come out we we're gonna make a whole other book it's like the bastard shove christmas up your ass exactly we couldn't leave that. We were just going to call it Bastard Chef Christmas. We're like, well, we have to add, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to make it vulgar, just spell it out. Yeah. <laughs> Put it right there. It's like, it's all very nineties colors. And well, maybe this time next year, we'll put this out under broken compass anyway, just for the fun of it. But yeah, it's not looking like we'll get to that 10,000. You never know. We, we did a extended another 30. So we do have some time, but yeah, if we did get there, it would be fun to make that. James and I started writing, and it was it was a blast. <laughs> and I'm I'm slacking here. I hadn't put the the link in the chat, but you know, Mo Mo Biggs was here for quite a while, and Mo didn't put the link in the chat either. He didn't drop the link. Oh man! And then now he's never going to. We talked about yeah. westerns, scared him off. Kind of like when you see a stray animal or something. And here's One wrong here's, move and they're gone. And here's the link for the Broken Comic Compass Comics uh, webpage, too. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, there you can see uh, it hasn't been updated in a little bit, but we do have some things coming out 2023 that we're working on uh, beyond just Magnificent Bastards and Unconditional Shove. So. And then there's also a link to, you know, merch store buy a cool unconditional shove shirt you can get that color cover on a long sleeve t-shirt mm -hmm. i had a gal buy one and uh shared pictures i was like oh looks pretty cool so nice yeah well, I want to thank you for, oh that's why it, it says home i'm like i could have sworn i i brought that up <laughs> just to slap on the big screen but and I'm like, well, I can't see where. Oh, it just says home. 
I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, either. there you go. You're bringing up the BCC website. Yes. There you go. Did you draw oh, yeah, the if you logo? scroll down, like, I did not draw that logo. That was there when I joined up with James. So, oh, okay. And I don't know who he got to draw that, but I always loved it. So those are uh, the two books so far. Uh, James closed down the campaign for Magnificent Bastards. Uh, the book's nearly complete and about to go to print. Uh, he had a few issues with his interior artist because he lives in Brazil. And Brazil has become a war zone pretty much. So, Oh, yeah. But that said, he's getting getting very close now. I think he's just got a couple more pages and they'll be good. And then you click on those, it'll take you to campaign pages. Um, but there you go. That's the black and white cover, a little more expanded. And yeah, then uh, you know we highlight the different people who were, who are doing things with Broken Compass. Uh, you know, and about us or. Yeah, about, and then we got the store, the comic show, well, those two books and a couple others that are going to be coming out, uh, one called Spermicide, which is James's buddy, so I don't know much about it, but the title alone makes me laugh, so. It's, it sounds like a, a book that would inspire you to go watch the, the shit show with B. Rose. <laughs> Spermicide? Yeah. Well, I know when they release that, they're going to call call it broken co broken condom comics. <laughs> broken broken condom comics, yeah. To the lady in the market with the six kids, wondering why somebody <laughs> threw condoms in your basket. You're welcome. <laughs> so I'm looking at the store now and seeing the Bastards Forever T-shirt. You get the one bastard hoodie. Yep. Uh, you get the black, you get uh, t shirt and long sleeves with uh, both of the uh, unconditional shove covers. Yep. You got the Magnificent Bastards t shirt, the Bastard in the Walrus hoodie, and, and more importantly, uh, a pint glass and a coffee cup for the morning after. That's true. You, you, you bookend your night. And day with the coffee mug and the pint glass. I think uh, the one that sold the best though was the broads come and go, but bastards are forever. Ah, uh, yes. Sold a few of those. I actually have one. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a good shirt. I'm gonna get yeah. one of those. Broads come and go, bastards are forever. Yeah. So uh, James's work already started work on. Magnificent Bastards number two, which is uh, he he can't help himself. He shares everything with me, so unfortunately, <laughs> I mean everything. No, he shares a uh, lots of what's coming up with Magnificent Bastards, and that book's insane. It's awesome what he's what he's cooking up. Chris says, "Hi, I'm out of night dressed up and singing my car. Buy my book, the Meet the Team video." That's pretty much what it could have been. That said, uh, uh, you know, I do want to shout out Demir. Uh, he's doing great colors. And then, obviously, James editing and lettering. James's lettering is really, really, really good. And so that was a huge thing, having him just be like, yeah, well, I'll do the letters on him. I'm like, like, yeah, you will. 
<laughs> so so it is it is more than just me like i like what i add is uh the the base but these guys really added added a lot so yeah, oh no chris we'll get those shirts oh i keep bugging james about that oh no yeah oh, <laughs> well, uh, hermica diamonds bitch are you for real t-shirts yeah, that was a well. There was a classic stream on '80s Made Consumer where we were talking about this. It's a Crystal Head vodka. Oh yeah, Dan Aykroyd's approved vodka, which I'm getting further down. I have been enjoying it. It's not bad. I don't even like vodka, but uh, Crystal Head vodka is filtered through Herkimer diamonds, okay. and we were on the stream watching. Dan Aykroyd talk about this. 80s Make Consumer goes, Herkimer Diamonds. I know that. There's a Herkimer mine, which is basically where these and they're just they're just pieces of quartz. <laughs> <laughs> they're calling them diamonds. They call them Herkimer diamonds, but that's quartz that you can dig it out of the ground in this place in upstate New York, apparently. And um so we were laughing our ass off about that. And then uh I can't remember. Oh, they mentioned dolomite. And that's where the bitch are you for real? Game. Oh my god! <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, man, Fisk made this great image of a, a dude sporting a T-shirt with a guy who worked on the Crystal Head vodka for Dan Aykroyd, like the brewmaster or whatever they call him, the vodka master. His face, and it says Herkimer Diamonds. Bitch, are you for real? <laughs> but he did a mock-up with this. Uh, uh, black dude sitting on a chair wearing the shirt and then oh, so our God. shirt was going to be the the model wearing the shirt sitting on a chair. <laughs> those are diamonds those are cubic zirconias yeah <laughs> they're not even dude quartz is less than cubic zirconia <laughs> like oh my god that's but he was so proud of the fact he's like and that was dan Aykroyd's idea so when you're hearing the brewmaster guy the vodka dude He's like, we filtered this and made it the best vodka you could ever buy. And then Dan had this great idea <laughs> to filter it through Herkimer Diamonds. <laughs> it was just one of the silliest things. We had a blast on that stream. It was one of the funniest times I've ever had. Diamonds. Really, Dan? Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, Dan Aykroyd is so serious about everything he says is so intent, you know, and it's like Herkimer Diamonds. Jeez, man. So the the biggest thing I noticed about the store merch page was that compared to like other merch pages, you know, whether it's, you know, a campaign or, a, you know, somebody's YouTube channel. Right. Um, everything here is like really reasonably priced. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, uh, you know, obviously you want to do is go to price as you can and still try to cover yourself at least, you know? So, but a lot of this is more just, uh, for the fans, obviously, because, you know, if you're not really a fan, chances that you buy in merch are slim, but you never know. Some people do, but that said, you know, we're not making money on these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's more like kind of breaking even, but it gets it out there. It's a, so that's why it's more like, a so try to keep the prices low. I wish that long sleeve was a little cheaper. I think it's yeah. dumb that they charge so much more. The people who 
make long sleeve shirts and it's like it's just a little bit more material on the arms i mean come on <laughs> yeah i get it for hoodies they're thicker material all this stuff but like it's a long sleeve shirt but that uh, said that's big, actually my favorite yeah. and that's yeah the big thing that stuck out was was the coffee mug though because i've seen you know coffee mugs with you know a logo or design like on one side and it's like you know Oh, 25, like 25, 25 yeah. you know, 24.99, 24.95, whatever. And I'm like, <coughs> how well, big is the coffee cup? Because I mean, my coffee cup is a big beer pint glass. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, well, and the other the other reason we could keep it low, like we're going through. <laughs> we're so going I through. I just go to the dollar store to buy them. <laughs> well, yeah, you could get dollar store coffee mugs all day long. Oh yeah, we're we're using Teespring, which uh, means we don't have as much. You know, we don't really have say on the quality control. So again, that's also why it's cheaper. Because if you put it on a campaign page, you're kind of hoping that you have someone local. You can actually like see the quality and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that may be also why. And just things on campaigns end up costing more. So the other thing with this is like you use Teespring. Like I said, you don't have the quality control, which sucks. But on the same hand. You know, from our end, we're not having to fulfill it. You know, it like gets ordered, they have it made and shipped. You know, so yeah. So it's convenient for us, but again, if we were, which we are going to eventually, using our own screen printer and our own uh, sublimation or whatever process for the mugs and thing, then um, you know it might be a bit more expensive at that point. Yeah, Chris says even though Dan. Had us filter the vodka through Herkimer Diamonds three times. We couldn't find data, data supporting it did anything, so we did it anyway for Dan, Dan. the brewmaster. Yeah, in the comment before they said that brewmaster looked like a hostage video. That was the thing we kept laughing about. <laughs> Can I have my wife and kids back, please, Dan? Please, Dan. Yeah, we'll, we'll buy Ghostbusters again. We don't care. <laughs> As long as it's not the one with the girls, that was terrible. Yeah, I don't think Dan had anything to do with that except selling the rights. Yeah, really. Like, just just give me money. Yeah, gotta buy those, took the check. I have oh. to buy those Herkimer diamonds to make my vodka. That's right. <laughs> Herkimer diamonds ain't cheap, you know. Yeah, I mean, what are you gonna do if you choke on a Herkimer diamond? <laughs> well, but, uh, that was the thing. You hear the the brewmaster guy. He's basically like. You can almost hear it in his voice. And just when we think we couldn't get it any more pure, Dan had this dumbass, I mean, brilliant idea to filter it through her camera time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was a blast, though. And that became lore so much so that that's why I bought that damn bottle was for when we launched, the night of the launch. I was drinking Herkima filtered crystal head vodka. So, like I said, it's actually pretty good. And that's coming for someone who doesn't like vodka, so take it for what you will. But and it, it's a cool shelf prop too. So yeah, forever I'm gonna have a cool crystal skull, which is um, gonna be a million times better than that Indiana Jones movie. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be safe from the nuclear bomb inside this refrigerator, and right. <laughs> and you will be dead too. Yes. 
let's everybody try that when we get nuked see how it works um now mo speaking of mo he had like a great comment when he was we were talking about that he was like he says dan Aykroyd, if this Chris kingdom of the crystal school is going to be as big a hit as i think it's going to be <laughs> this vodka is going to sell like off the shelf so fast oh my god well, I want to thank you for coming on and uh, hanging out and talking about just sure, about well, everything today. And yeah. uh, we know we got to go because uh, you have another show to be on. That's true. So um, some, if you guys want to follow some, me over. Some Bogan guy. Yeah, the top of the hour will be on uh, Bancroft stream. Um, talking with him, you know. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Did you see his post where he bought Mel a weed whacker? I did. <laughs> I that was hilarious. Man, when you're not looking, she's going to use that on you. <laughs> yeah, I call it the tally whacker. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, so if anyone's watching wants to follow me over there, I don't know. I assume you're wrapping it up here, Will. Yep, so. we're going to we're gonna wrap this up so you can have a, a little bit of a break in between. A breather, yeah. You know, you can get some crystal skull and... Uh, yeah, I might and just some, do that. And, and some tobacco and uh, <laughs> get a get a head start. Uh, I'll probably be in the chat over there while I'm working on putting this up on the uh, on the podcast platform. Uh, nice. Once it's up there, I will uh, share it and tag you in it. Sweet. Well, thanks again for having me, man. It was a fun time. Uh, and we could do it again or maybe just do the quiz show again. I always oh, yeah, feel it's right. uh, a good idea to, to, you know, challenge that, uh, that their shadow punk. <laughs> I edged out that victory because you gave me the layup answer, but uh, I should have won anyway. Cause that first question about the Seattle uh, star who died early. And I said, Hendrix, and he's like, Nope. I'm like, no, Hendrix works for that. I'm sorry. It's not the answer you're looking for, but. It, it's still the answer. It's still it's a, it's a answer. It's a, a lot yeah. of those musicians in Seattle die young. <laughs> yeah, it's like I got to go see this band now. Why? They're always playing because that singer's gonna die any day. <laughs> right, you gotta catch them while you can. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get why he wanted uh, Andy Wood. I think that's his name, the Mother Love Bone guy. But like. He said before grunge, and I always pictured him as in the middle of grunge. So even still, my answer was better in my mind. Hmm. That said, and then when I got that daily double, I was going to bet it all because I knew the answer. And they talked me out of it. So that's another reason. And then, you know, lucky me, I got Rick rolled. He got Rick rolled. I got Rick rolled and lost another 500. I'm like, Oh, this is just like going to the real casino. Right? <laughs> Rick Astley shows up and screws my whole night up. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So we want to thank everybody that came and hung out in the chat. Uh, yes, thank Chris, you all. Uh, it, with all his different personalities, I mean, uh, accounts. Uh, <laughs> right. Same same for Mo Biggs and, and, and Ray and everybody else that came in and, and popped in and uh, we will catch you all later. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Yes. Be and thankful. Enjoy it. Bounce over to the Bancroft show and hang out and find out even more interesting facts about Odin and <laughs> Crystal Skull Vodka. Oh, yeah. <laughs>